listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these Zen-inspired talks given by Michael McAllister. As usual, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your... Uh, watching and listening, what we do here, the Infinite Smile Sangha. A couple of quick announcements. First of all, I'm uh, glad to uh, be throwing out another one of these video podcasts. It's been, been a while. Uh, we have a redesign of the site, as you might imagine. If you're, if you're just collecting uh, this off of uh, iTunes, you might want to check out infinitesmile.org. There's a new format that we're hoping actually is a little bit more... Um, uh, uh, straightforward. Certainly it's more decorative uh, and pleasing to the eye, but uh, at least that's just my opinion. Nothing more. So give it a shot. Give it a look. I had another um, uh, uh, request from our treasurer to please put out the word that uh, the donations continue to be an incredible source of revenue. The website itself would not have been able to go through this most recent permutation had it not been for your uh, kindly offered dollars. I'm also supposed to announce that we have a retreat also on the website. You can register and pay for it on the website in January with a weekend intensive coming up in March. So uh, follow along on the website if you're curious about that and please feel free to use the um, use the site to either ask questions or uh, additionally to um, to register for the retreat. Along these lines, um, we're, our intent at least is to have much more communication with each of you that listens and watches. We've got uh, a comments board that, uh, or comments at least underneath each of the posts that um, are, now, uh, are, are now open. We decided to do that. Initially we were get, getting hit with tons of bot mail I'm not really sure what that is, but I'm sure it's uh, uh, technologically interesting. <laughs> uh, but please uh, feel free to uh, leave a comment and we can generate hopefully a dialogue. Um, I've also been asked to make sure that you're aware we have a newsletter. If you have any desire to contribute to the newsletter, either um, a testimonial or in some other capacity, please feel free to uh, submit these to uh, David. I've got a link on the site and I also have a puppy dog here that's demanding my attention. Sumi. Okay. Down. Good dog. Stay. Excuse me. Don't eat that. Do not eat that. Good for practice. Anyway, uh, please, please use the commentary. Please uh, 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 also feel free to comment uh, and direct it towards us so that we can uh, put your words in the newsletter if it fits. And lastly, yes, there is a book coming out. This will occur most likely in a couple of different stages. The goal is to let the book at least hit Amazon and the presses and so forth um, by March. I may in fact give a pre-release to the various chapters of the book on this site. We haven't quite decided yet how to do that technically, what the best thing would be, but certainly, once again, we would be interested in your, 
your comments. So on to one question that has two parts uh, from our friend uh, Rala in Jerusalem. Um, she asks, uh, she leaves a, a kind of a wonderful note and then asks, I've been noticing that I get nervous, jittery, and sleepy when I meditate. What shall I do with this? Uh, well, to begin with, the nervousness or the jittery nature that you may feel as you sit still is in many respects a good sign. While this doesn't necessarily mean that you're any closer to enlightenment than the next person, it does in fact mean that there is a uh, that you that you that you are in fact in a situation that is creating stress. Believe it or not, stillness creates a tremendous amount of stress for that which is typically in control. Our separate self sense, or what I sometimes call the small self, or pardon me, the ego, is used to being able to control all things. So when it doesn't have past or future from which to anchor itself or into which it can anchor itself, it only has the present moment. And at that very moment, there's nothing that it can do. It loses its job, so to speak. It is no longer able to be the CEO of our consciousness. So what does it do? It fights back. Sometimes it's overt in the way that ego fights back. It may bring up tremendous pain or it may uh, throw a tremendous amount of energy behind either memories from our past that are painful or worries in our future that have not yet been experienced. Either way, ego is desperate to wrestle control back from what you are engaging in when you sit still. So if you're feeling jittery, my recommendation is allow that jitteriness to continue until you cannot stand it anymore. And then at that moment, breathe five more times at that point when you just, you feel like you must get up, you must stand up, you must move around. After five breaths, then you can give yourself permission to do so, but not until then. Try that in small doses at first, and you'll see that you literally can work through what we sometimes call the wall. Uh, again, the sleepiness is a, another way that the ego fights back. Sleepiness, while you may be in sleep debt and you suddenly get still and the body's natural reaction is to conk out and rest, it is also an opportunity for the ego to once again try to maintain control by essentially shutting the system down. When this happens, or when tension or pain or jitteriness arises, simply use the practice to follow your mind. Study your experience, study your body, witness the entire unfolding as it's going on. In this way, everything can be a point of practice. Lastly, Rala asks, isn't it more important for us to uh, engage instead of just sitting still? It doesn't make sense that we should become couch potatoes in our practice. Rala, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, this practice is not about just staying still. As I've said before in many of my podcasts, it's critical that we ascend the mountain of spirituality Regardless of the pathway up to the summit, once we reach the summit, we absorb the view and then come back home. Rather than staying up on the mountaintop, rather than just staying in a bliss state, rather than just staying, to get technical about it, in Dharmakaya, 
we actually bring ourselves back into the real world. And in doing so, we do it with a different set of eyes, a different set of hands, a different heart, a different set of feet. It's as if we go on the hero's journey. Beginning with trouble at home, we then find mentors, we find resources, we then literally go into the cave, we go into battle, we have an ordeal, we then ascend and then integrate that entire process with a homecoming to follow. This is available to each of us at every single moment on our journey. And it's my humble recommendation that we look at all things as an invitation to this very path or this very uh, uh, um, journey that has been uh, taken by so many Buddhas, past and present. And when I use that term Buddha, I also mean Christian, Hindu, Muslim, Jew. All of, all of our wisdom traditions have this built into them in their, in their highest teachings. So rather than getting caught once again by what the path up the mountain might be, let's talk about the mountain. Go to the top, come back home, and be a blessing to all beings, be an answer to everyone's prayer. Thank you once again for listening. I hope the distraction of my dog didn't cut into the experience for you. <laughs>